2: Hello and welcome in Tuesday edition of the program. Big, big home game tonight. I think that goes without saying for the Indiana Hoosiers. They'll take on number 15, Wisconsin. A win is needed in a big way after three losses in a row. And IU right smack dab in the middle of a very, very tough stretch of February Big Ten games with Ohio State on the road coming up. I almost said later this week, that game has now been moved to Monday. I don't even think we mentioned that yesterday on the show, but that uh, could be, I think, a benefit for IU to give them some additional prep time after tonight's tough one against Wisconsin. But a big one tonight for IU. We're going to spend a lot of the show previewing that game. Uh, This is one that IU needs to get. This is one that will help them gain some momentum back. This is one that will help them get maybe back off of the NCAA tournament bubble. Uh, The good news for IU fans, once you get through tonight, once you get through the Monday next week game now against Ohio State, there are some winnable games. There's challenges ahead. It's the Big Ten. You never know on any given night. But, boy, this has been a really tough stretch for IU starting with the Northwestern game and uh, continuing through the Ohio State game coming up next Monday. Let's take a look at today's program. We're going to jam a lot in today today and the rest of the week. There is just so much basketball going on across the area right now. Uh, the show lineup, a service of Honeybaked Tam Ham in New Albany here in segment number one coming up in moments. Greg Mingel, he's the writer for HoosierHillsHoops.com covering all things Southern Indiana basketball is going to join us. We've got high school hoops to talk about. Big one coming up on Wednesday night. New Albany and Jeffersonville, a great rivalry matchup, and we'll preview that game here in just a bit. Also, the Silver Creek girls, we had Coach Shane on yesterday. They are regional champions headed to a semi-state at Jeffersonville on Saturday, so we'll take a look at that as well. And we've got, as always it seems, some former high school standouts playing great, great college basketball right now. Josh Jefferson and Jake Hybreeder come to mind, a New Albany and a Floyd Central graduate, so we plan to chat about them. And we can't leave out Romeo Langford with the Spurs. He joined the team yesterday in Chicago after physicals and all the things that have to take place when a player is traded. Uh, It was assumed he would be available last night. He was not listed on any kind of injured list or uh, was not noted before the game that he would be out of the contest. And then just before tip-off, it was reported that he would not play last night as he uh, gets in the middle of things with his new team. So we'll cover all that and more with Greg here in just a few moments. Later in the hour, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is with me. Uh, We'll dive into the IU and uh, Wisconsin game tonight. We'll talk the uh, Coach Woodson show from last night. He had some really interesting comments, I thought, in his program last night. We'll bring up some of those. And then later in the show, Mike Pegram of Peaks.com will join. We'll get in some hoops with him as well. Maybe a little basketball recruiting also when Pigs is with us later in the hour today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. All right, our first guest. Greg Mingelt of HoosierHillsHoops.com, covering all things Southern Indiana basketball. Greg, it's a great time to live in Southern Indiana. We've got IU right in the middle of a a Big Ten season. We've got lots of college hoops to follow across the area. And, of course, high school basketball is in full swing as well. Uh, You got a chance to see up close and personal the Silver Creek Ladies win their regional championship, their second in a row on Saturday and, Greg, I would be really surprised if this Silver Creek team doesn't find a way to get back to the 3A state championship game this Saturday at the semi-state.
3: You know, when we were looking at the uh, brackets a couple of weeks ago, we kind of said whoever wins between Silver Creek and Corden, we thought had a really good chance to to get to the state finals, and that's where we are. But I would like to caution Silver Creek fans that, you know, um, uh, Chattard is only 18-10, and 10, maybe doesn't look very good, but this is not the same chatard team that started the season two and six and lost the charlestown by 22 points definitely not the same team they've uh they won their last four regular season games and now they've won eight games in a row and they're 13 and three in their last 16 games so that's going to be a really interesting game but like you said i i kind of expect silver creek with that experience with with the leadership you know four really good seniors in that starting lineup i expect them to uh to advance again,
2: yeah, Greg. Uh, on the other side of the bracket, up north, this Saturday, you have still got South Bend Washington, who I was really impressed with last year when they made a run to Indianapolis, and Silver Creek beat him in a great finish. Uh, but they've got a lot of players back. They've got lots of Division One talent on that team. Uh, I think Silver Creek can get to Indianapolis, but I think winning in Indianapolis will be hard. But when you get on that stage, you never know what can happen. Yeah, there's
3: no doubt South Bend, Washington is the favorite. I don't think anyone down here is going to have any, is even going to question that, but they're beatable. Obviously, they've lost a few games this year against really good teams, but Silver Creek's a really good team. Obviously, they're one of the best 10 teams in Indiana, probably. And um, yeah, I th- I don't think there's any question that Silver Creek's capable, but I think all year people have been saying South Bend, Washington is the team to beat, and it looks like they are.
2: Greg Mingelt is my guest. Greg writes for HoosierHillsHoops.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Greg underscore Mingelt, and, of course, the website HoosierHillsHoops.com. Greg, we've got uh, a big midweek game. It's not going to feel normal. Uh, Not only is it a Wednesday night game, New Albany hosting Jeff tomorrow night. We know the crowd won't be what it would be on a weekend. And and also it's worth noting that both of these programs – having different kind of years than what we're used to. New Albany is 10 and 8 on the season. The Bulldogs have had some rough moments. They've played a really tough schedule, but they've had some good moments as well. Jeffersonville just 5 and 9 on the year, and I think we've well documented Uh, all the struggles that Jeff has had, starting with a suspension earlier in the year. Coach Grants has had a couple different illnesses that have kept him out for a number of games, Uh, a COVID shutdown for the entire team. Games have been postponed and moved and canceled and winter weather and so many different things. So two teams that are both looking to get on a hot streak to finish out the season. New Albany has a chance to do that with Jeff at home on Wednesday, Bedford at home on Friday. The Red Devils have New Albany, on the road Wednesday. Then they make the trip down to the pocket city and take on Evansville rights over the weekend. So they've got, they're looking to get some late season momentum and really just some reps in, just some games in, but uh, new Albany and Jeff will square off tomorrow night, a weird game. It's going to be a weird environment, a different crowd and two teams that are still trying to find their way into the postseason.
3: Yeah. And a weird season. I think a weird season all the way around with the COVID. And like you said, our, be- our two biggest schools in the area both down a little bit. Um, I wouldn't say New Albany's been down, but um, get, like you said, if they played a normal schedule, they're probably 14-5 and five or something like that, so I wouldn't call it down. But this game is going to be you know, where it's placed on the schedule this year because it was postponed. Probably a little bit more about getting some momentum, like you said, toward the postseason than, than it being a big rivalry game like it usually is, especially when both teams are contending. Um, or one team is contending, it, it ha- kind of has that. But you're right, it, it's weird. It's a, it's a strange game going into it. Um, you know, Floyd Central is obviously going to be the favorite in that sectional, but the favorite often doesn't win those sectionals. And if they don't, who's going to be there? And I think Seymour's good. I think Jennings County is good. And Jeff, you know, they played pretty well against Jennings County the other night. I think that was probably their best game of the season, even though they lost. Um, they beat Bedford, uh, played poorly for three quarters and then played well in the fourth quarter. So maybe they are starting to get, you know, I talked to coach grants this morning. He said, this is really the first week that they've had last week was the first week that they had everybody together practicing the whole week of the whole year that started in November. So it's been really tough and they're talented enough, but it's kind of starting to run out of time. And uh, for both these teams to get some momentum going and one of them will probably on Wednesday,
2: I have said this before and I've had to eat my words, but I will be surprised on Wednesday night at New Albany if it's not a very good and close and competitive. Fun game for the fans to watch, even though I know the crowd's going to be off because COVID in a Wednesday night game, and there's just not maybe as much interest surrounding both of these teams as what there normally would be at this point of the year. But I think when you look at matchups and how things could go, uh, Jeff obviously they've got the talent to to beat anybody if they can put it all together I, I include Floyd Central that they can play with and beat they did for a half in their first game mm-hmm. back together right. coming out of the COVID pause but uh, going to be really interesting to see what happens on Wednesday two different teams and I think it'll be a good game
3: yeah, and it's Jeff New Albany on a Wednesday night what, what would be better to do on a Wednesday night than come out and watch high school basketball seriously uh, it's midweek and all that but what are you, what are you doing on a Wednesday night that's more important than Jeff New Albany basketball?
0: Yeah,
2: nothing. I, I agree. If you can't make it out, <laughs> we'll have the play by play here. On the Big X, uh, Paul Love, and I will be on the call Wednesday night. So. Or go to the game and put your headphones on and listen to <laughs> There you go. There you go. Thanks for the plug. Uh, <laughs> Greg course. Mingelt, HoosierHillsHoops.com. Greg, a lot of other things to get to. Uh, let's touch on Romeo Langford real quick. He joined the Spurs officially yesterday, thought maybe he would be available and might get some – maybe work into some minutes, but then the, the Spurs ended up announcing that I think he and I think Josh Richardson as well – we're not going to play last night. Uh, people have been asking right and left. You know, this is going to be great for Romeo. He's going to start. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. I don't know about any of that. I do think it's going to be great for him. And I do think he's going to get lots more consistent playing time, at least coming off the bench. But even so, it's a new team. It's a new practice. It's a new offense. It's Popovich. It's going to take some time to build into those minutes. I don't think people. Uh, are realizing that it may take him a, a week or two, at minimum, to kind of build into this team.
3: Yeah, we have no idea what the Spurs' expectations are for him. I do know that they, um, they're they trying to do one of those quick rebuilds like the Pacers are where they don't completely tear it down, but um, they're starting to build around DeJounte Murray, who's a really good player, getting a young asset like Romeo. Obviously, it looks like that's their intent, is to bring him along as a teammate with, with a, a few of those young guys. We just don't know. I mean, it, we thought we knew with Boston, and then things changed there. So, uh, new environment. Um, looking forward to see what he does there. Uh, at the very least, he's going to play pay lower taxes in Texas than in Boston. So, <laughs> there, there's that positive thing no matter what happens from here going forward. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be fun to see what, what he's able to do there, and hopefully he'll uh, be in that rotation with that young team you would think that he would
2: be. Yeah, I can't see a situation where he doesn't get more – consistent minutes than what he was in Boston, especially over the last month, month and a half or so. At the very least, they're going to want to see what he has. You've got to wonder, and I just don't know the NBA. You know the NBA far better than I do. You've got to believe if he's healthy, and and I believe he is. He's not been on any kind of injured list so far for the Spurs. uh, If he's healthy, why did he not play at all? Why did he go from playing? And I know there were some players that were out with COVID and other injuries that came back, but did not playing for so long, so little, have something to do with him being on the trade block for Boston?
3: Oh, I'm sure that's a yeah. very good possibility that uh, the front office or the coaching staff said, he's not going to be part of our plans in the future. There's no point in you know giving him these minutes. Med- mean, he- and when he did play, again, we've talked about this all year, he scores. He- he's incredible, even at the NBA level with the ball in his hands. Um, the issue is the other things, obviously. Uh, and he- he's very good defensively, but... Getting in the in the flow of the offense, being able to play with the flow of the offense, moving without the basketball, finding the open man—those are the things that he's going to have to uh, to to show. And is there a better coach than Popovich to to uh, to play under to in order to? How many careers have blossomed under him? I mean,
2: tons. Yeah, just so, it's just great. It's, it's crazy. Brad Stevens at Boston. I or not IU guy, but Hoosier State guy. Uh, from our state, and now Popovich, who I think a lot of people don't even realize, and I didn't for years, that he's from Indiana. It's mm-hmm. the region area, but neat for him to get a chance to hopefully begin his NBA career under a couple different guys that have connections to our state that I'm sure maybe give him a little extra love because of that uh, Indiana State connection, but who knows? Greg does my grass got to do this quick, but I want to cover some college guys. Uh, locally that are just having absolutely great runs right now and let's start with Josh Jefferson former New Albany player he was on the 2016 state championship team he had a career-high 30-point performance you wrote all about it on the website the other day I think it was a Sunday game he was conference USA player of the week he is putting together a really great finale of college basketball for him.
3: Yeah, and he's. Uh, it looks like he's starting to fit in better with the team. He's uh, he's taking that role of being the the leading scorer, averaging fourteen point six points a game. But uh, put up thirty. The incredible thing about that is on thirteen shots. Mm. That's over two points per field goal attempt. That's uh, that's getting the job done. Wow. Uh, and it was his fifth straight game in double figures, and uh, and Middle Tennessee is now ahead in their division. So. Um, chance to be in an NCAA tournament, although the other division's a little better.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, J- Josh has had a just he's had a wild college career, lots of different stops, but it's worked out for him. Uh, the last time I spoke with him, I know he has hopes to go overseas and play, even if it's just for a few years, to get the experience and to kind of continue playing hoops. But uh, he's had a really, really good senior year that I think will, that will aid that cause.
3: He has a chance to be All-Conference USA, and that, that's a pretty big-time conference. Not what it used to be, but it's still a pretty big-time conference.
2: Yeah, no question. Uh, Greg, final topic for you. Jake Hydebreeder, Floyd Central graduate. Uh, what he's doing at Air Force Academy as a freshman. His team has not always been successful, but, boy, this has been a great freshman year for Jake Hybreeder. You wonder if he's there for four years, and I see no reason why he wouldn't, uh, what he could get done there uh, playing for the Air Force Academy.
3: Yeah, he's uh, scored 38 points in his last three games. He had 20 points in a loss against New Mexico. And, again, that roster is very young. Uh, It looks like they've uh, started to build a roster there, so – I think some future success is possible um, with Jake Hyde Breeder leading the way out there. So, um, yeah, he's having a big year probably – Um, Of all the freshmen that went out, he's probably contributed the most uh, of all of our players.
0: All
2: right, Greg Mingelt, HoosierHillsHoops.com. Lots of great content. We didn't even touch on some of the stuff that you've posted this morning. You have your weekly award winners, uh, team and individual stuff that went up, so check that out. And uh, also, you'll have some great preview content for the Jeff New Albany game coming up, and I know you plan to cover that game on Wednesday night. And uh, Coach Shannon and Coach Grants, I believe, are both going to join us tomorrow on this radio program. So we'll have you covered. Even though it's a, a odd weekday Wednesday Jeff New Albany deal, we'll we'll cover it all the way around as as normal. So thank you, Greg. Thanks for the time man. All right uh, we will head to a commercial break. A reminder the Thornton's text line is open 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. This is your opportunity to sound off on local sports Sound off on IU, your thoughts, predictions for the game tonight against Wisconsin. And also, we've got great guests coming up to talk IU basketball. You can send in a question if you want me to pose it to them. We'll do that coming up next as well. Again, the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Tuesday program. Busy day, IU Wisconsin coming up tonight. We'll have that here on the Big X, including the pregame coverage with Don Fisher an hour before tip-off and a couple other notes to pass along. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you have a question or comment about IU local sports, whatever it may be, fired into us. Also, a programming note, or a couple of them, Wednesday night, we have uh, Jeffersonville at New Albany. We'll have that game for you. Friday night, we'll have a high school game as well. Bedford North Lawrence at New Albany, another Hoosier Hills Conference game. Saturday, we've got the Silver Creek Girls in the semi-state. That's a 3 p.m. tip-off against Bishop Chittard from Indianapolis. And then on Sunday, we've got the pairing show. That's from, uh, what, 5 to 7 p.m. That's the statewide pairing show with Coach Bob Lovell and crew. And when that comes to a conclusion at 7 o'clock, Chad Gilbert and myself will have a local pairing show where we will interview a handful of local coaches about the sectional draw and about their teams headed into the postseason. So we've got all sorts of local coverage in addition to IU and the Coach Woodson so and so much more here on the Big X coming up, especially this week, and really just a great time here as we close out February in a few weeks and get to the month of March. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is with me right now. And, Mike, speaking of a big time for basketball, man, this is a big opportunity tonight for IU at home against Wisconsin. And with a little bit of slide that's going on right now, three losses in a row, Indiana really needs to stop that, and what a chance to do it against a good Wisconsin team on the court at Assembly Hall.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me again, Matt. And you you're exactly right. The um, you know, first losing streak of the the season here and it's gone to 3 games. And and you got this one against Wisconsin who's just been an absolute nemesis for for Indiana for the better part of the last what, 20 years. And including earlier this season. It's such an interesting game just because of the way the first one went. I mean, everybody remembers, I'm sure, a couple months ago, Indiana had as much as a 22-point lead on Wisconsin up in Madison and then ended up giving it all away and losing by five up there so you, you got to wonder just the the mental state of this team on this losing streak how how they look at wisconsin you know that they, they got to feel like in one from one perspective that they they can hang with them that they match up fairly well with them that they can do some good things but on the other hand they they know that, that things can get sideways quickly
2: yeah you think back to that first wisconsin game as you mentioned a 22 point lead indiana was on a 26-4 run with like a minute left in the first half and uh, I think IU fans thought, finally, this curse against Wisconsin, especially at the Cole Center, is going to come to an end. And uh, that was uh, uh, an early sign of, of the tale of the two sides of this team, where they can get such a lead in the first half or, or t- come out and play so well. And then in the second half, you know, you don't just hang on or lose ground. You just completely fall apart.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, every team in the Big Ten is experiencing this to some level, like you saw Purdue the other day against Maryland. Um, you know, not, nothing is easy. I know that's cliche, but that's really how everything is playing out. But but this Indiana team, to your point, is just at an extreme with it. The Wisconsin game probably illustrates it better than any. But, you know, at some point, you know, maybe later this week, depending on how tonight goes, that that's been one of the things I wanted to try to document is just the the highs and lows within games that you know really makes this team hard to figure out in terms of who they are um, I think that that game up there in December I, I remember you know sitting there late in the first half at that point you mentioned when when they were on that big run up 22 and thinking exactly what you said that you know this the streak is finally going to end at the at the Kohl Center because there's just no way you can play that well and flip a switch and give it all away. But that's exactly what they did. And, and we've seen it, you know, in multiple games. So sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes it's a terrible start at Syracuse, but then a, a really strong finish. Um, we've just seen it time and time again, where they just can't put together a complete 40 minute game. Um, I suspect, you know, you're going to, you're going to have another tight one tonight. And it's just going to be a question of, you know, how, how much sustained effort can they give? how, how how much can they you know not give up those big runs i, I think one thing that's interesting to me about this rematch that, that will be interesting to watch is the fact that trey galloway did not play in that first game folks will recall he was he had wrist surgery and that was during the time when he was out and in my mind nobody on indiana's roster matches up defensively on johnny davis Better than Galloway does. He's, you know, directionally the same size, right around six five. He's a good, you know, perimeter defender. You know, n- nobody's going to shut Johnny Davis down. We've got enough data to, to prove that based on what we've seen to, through this point in the season. But but Indiana did not have him last time, and they were, you know, they were going with that starting lineup of uh, Johnson, Stewart, and Cop. And Wisconsin starts three guards and Hepburn and Davidson and and davis and so really you know you're playing a lot of that game with cop on um, on davis i think they did they went with anthony leal some of the times i think they tried a lot of different things including going small with Fennessey trying to stop him nothing worked so i think this will be interesting i i that Galloway will get the first crack, but it goes to the point of starting lineup because of that three guard approach for Wisconsin. I'm going to be real interested again, you know, what Mike Woodson has not shown a propensity to, to change or pivot easily, but you know, the idea of, you know, having Miller cop guarding one of those three Wisconsin guards does not make a lot of sense. But if he, if he starts him along with Thompson and Jackson, Davis, that's exactly what Indiana is going to have to do.
2: Talking with Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. You can read uh, Mike's coverage of this game, pregame coverage, thedailyhoosier.com and at daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter. More on this Wisconsin team, Mike, and I've got your preview of the game in front of me right now. Uh, Some interesting and impressive numbers for Wisconsin. They own the nation's number 8 rank strength of record, uh, and also they have eight quad one wins, which is second most in the country, trailing only Baylor. And I think this might be the most impressive number of all on the Wisconsin resume this season. They have nine wins on the road from the on the road this season, and obviously a good handful of those are in the Big Ten Conference. That to me is very, very impressive and underscores how tough tonight's challenge will be.
1: Yeah, I think the the thing with Wisconsin really through the Bo Ryan and Greg guard era has been that their system travels pretty well and they're they're very disciplined they're they're very good at what they do and and they've always kind of been that that way on the road they don't turn the ball over which you know can obviously be a problem when you go on the road and you get rattled but they maintain that ball security when they go on the road um yeah, they, they've got wins at Purdue this year, they, which was really—they're kind of their marquee win. They won on a neutral court against Houston. Um, so, so, I, and they've got a lot of experience beating Indiana, as everybody knows. So, I don't think they're going to come into this game tonight with any kind of feeling that you know they're going to get rattled by the crowd or, or anything like that. It's all going to come down to you know actually executing on the court.
2: Yeah. Mike Schumann is my guest. Mike, you, you talked a lot about Johnny Davis, the season that he has had, and some interesting points there on Trey Galloway. Will he be the, the defender at least to start for him tonight? Can you take us through other uh, matchups you foresee in this Wisconsin game tonight?
1: Well, I mean, Indiana should have an advantage at point guard. You're, you're talking about a true freshman there at Chucky Hepburn going against a senior in Xavier Johnson. And, and that was one of the really fascinating things about that that first game. I thought Xavier Johnson was, if anybody was a tale of two halves, it was him. He was dominant in the first half. And Wisconsin clearly made adjustments in the second, started kind of just dropping all their coverage and forcing him to beat them one-on-one with kind of backside help from their, their big men. And he didn't handle it well, so... Um, that matchup is particularly interesting to me. If you're going to get anybody rattled on on Wisconsin on the road, it would be a true freshman point guard and Hepburn And, you know, if Johnson can stay out of foul trouble and, and, you know, effectively, you know, be effective against him on the defensive end, really pick him up full court, really make him earn everything he does. That could be a way that that Indiana could could get some traction here. And they – you know, they don't really have a go-to backup point guard. So I, I think that will be something to watch for sure. Um, you know, who do you, who do you put on the veteran Brad Davison? Everybody, every Indiana fan's favorite player. Um, you know, that, that again goes to starting lineup because if you're going to put Galloway on Davis, you're going to obviously put... Johnson on Hepburn that that means are you going to put Miller Kopp on Brad Davison? I mean that logically that just doesn't make a lot of sense. So you think maybe Parker Stewart returns to the starting lineup um you know maybe Tamar Bates, he's kind of emerging right now. The, the lineup of Johnson, Bates and, and Galloway would make a lot of sense even if they don't start that way just to that would be a lineup that would make a lot of sense against those regards. Uh, just defensively to get to give Indiana, you know, I think a good chance against three really good guards. And then I think in the the front court, Indiana probably matches up pretty well. But then this is a team that has always had a good game plan against Trace Jackson Davis. They they really took him away up in Madison, and, and made other people, namely Johnson, beat them. And so while you know Stephen Crowell, Tyler Wall are two solid big men, both of whom have kind of emerged here over the course of the season. I think Indiana can do can, – can have success against those two with with Trace and Race, but, you know, they've, they've got to find a way to, to get Trace to be more effective, um, not only against Wisconsin, but just more effective than he's been here in the last three games because, as everybody knows, he's been in a major rut.
2: You know, one other thing I, while you're talking about Trace Jackson Davis, another word I think you could use right now for Trace is – not just effective, but efficient. You know, I know he had 16 points the other night, but his field goal shooting percentage has not been good. Not only has he been in a rut, but he just, he's been so efficient so much of the season, but that has disappeared these last few games for various reasons, whether it's defensive matchups or the attention that teams have been able to give him because of IU's lackluster three-point shooting or perimeter shooting. But efficiency, I think, is another big thing that IU needs from Trace Jackson Davis.
1: Yeah, it really is the key word. That that's what Chris Collins focused on after the Northwestern game. He's like, he was looking at the stat sheet and he said, "Okay, Jackson Davis got 13 points, but it took him 13 shots to get there. We'll, we'll take that. We're, we're happy with that." So, and and that's in this three-game losing streak that's been the, the common denominator. Jackson Davis in those three games combined is 12-35 of from the field. Um, and, you know, at one point this season, he was 60% from the field. That's obviously mid-30s over the last three games. So he, he's way off the mark. And he, he's obviously not taking a lot of threes or anything like that. So these are misses in the paint. Um, and, and in some cases, such as the Illinois game and at, at times, uh the other night it wasn't always against double teams either he's just struggling against length i think he's you know he's getting sped up he's trying to score over people uh rather than you know really facing up and making a move i, I in my opinion indiana needs to do a better job of getting him back into transition where he was effective earlier in the season and also just getting more in face up situations rather than back to the basket i think he's a better Face-up player than he is when he tries to back people up. He's only six nine, and a lot of times he's going against you know six eleven, seven foot guys like Bingham and Coburn. And in those situations, historically, you know he, he he has struggled. I think he's you know going back to high school. He he has just always been able to dominate people with his length and athleticism. But when he's not just able to you know we'll all be be able to just uses athleticism to dominate and it relies more on skill there's there's issues there so i think if you can get him faced up that, that at least gives him a maybe a potential advantage to use his speed and quickness a little bit more to to, to drive rather than you know more traditional back to the basket post moves
2: i'm chatting with mike schumann of the dailyhoosier.com mike uh, tonight's game i'm going to ask you the same question that i asked zach and yesterday i'm curious uh, your response compared to his and other IU beat guys as well, what they may take or takeaways they may have. But what's the singular biggest problem in your estimation right now with this Indiana team? I, I think offense is probably a, a good response, but is its it, is it three-point shooting? Can you give me a specific? What, what does this team most need to change for this season to end strong and for them to actually get in the tournament?
1: Yeah, I think the common denominator of when things really fall apart for them is, you know, three-point shooting being off and Jackson Davis being off and in the same game. So I mean, they they had a really bad three-point shooting game back in January against Ohio State, but Jackson Davis was dominant in that game, and and they still managed to win going away late. And so I think you got to have one of those going your way. You either got to knock down a, a bunch of threes or at least be efficient from three, or he's got to be efficient. You can't have both because they just don't have anybody, anything else in their offense that is reliable from a volume standpoint. I mean, Xavier Johnson can, can score, but he's not efficient. Race Thompson's just not a volume score. So, so there's not a whole lot left if you don't have one of those two things going your way. So that, that that's what I would look for in this game and really the rest of the season. You either got to get Trace going or you got to be knocking down threes.
2: All right, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. He's with us Tuesdays on the show. Mike, great stuff. Uh, big one tonight for so many regards uh, for this team. And, of course, it's hard not to think as we get into mid-February. Today's the 15th of February, by the way. It's hard not to think with every win and every loss and every talking point about uh, the upcoming NCAA tournament. Going to be really interesting to see what happens tonight and the rest of the way. I think uh, there's some big moments ahead both ways for this team. Thanks for your chat today. Thank you, Matt. Always appreciate it. All right, Mike Schumann with us on Tuesdays as we talk IU basketball and a big one tonight, uh, IU Wisconsin. As I said earlier, we'll have the game for you as always here on the Big X. Uh, again, I can't stress to you enough uh, how important – I think if you're a diehard IU fan listening to the pregame show with Don Fisher, is just in recent games you've gotten first uh, starting lineup changes, uh, found out about the suspensions uh, in the Northwestern game uh, that was all made official on that pregame show, and it's really informative. Even if you don't stick with it for the game, you're at the game or gonna gonna watch the game on television or at a at a bar or your favorite establishment wherever it may be. That uh, pregame show with Don Fisher is is really good, really informative. And tonight it's a nine o'clock tip, which means the pregame coverage will begin at eight p.m. here on the Big X. Game is on ESPN two tonight. Number fifteen ranked Wisconsin coming to Bloomington. I know you don't want to point specifically to any one game. We've talked about this a lot in recent years, but I just think this is a huge one for IU to get at home before they head to Ohio State next Monday. And then the schedule gets a little easier at or home against Maryland. But then you know Maryland beat Purdue. Uh, And then at Minnesota, Rutgers at home, those are very winnable games for this team before they close out the regular season on Purdue. Hard to believe after tonight, five regular season games left before we get to March 9th and the start of the Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis. So a lot of hoops ahead, some very important moments and games for this IU team. In year one of Mike Woodson to see if they can get to the NCAA tournament. Thornton's text line is 502 414 1450. Mike Pegram of Pigs.com is next. More on IU, tonight's game in the Big Ten Conference coming up here on The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
0: We're back on The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison.
2: All right, we're back. Final segment here on this Tuesday program. We'll go to the Thornton's text line. We've got a comment here from Listener Sean, he says, shooting woes of all kinds for this team. If they drive the ball well and get fouled, they don't make free throws. If offense is active and they get wide open shots, threes or otherwise, they miss frequently, must recruit better shooters. I think that is uh, well stated, Mr. Sean. Thank you for the text on the Thornton's text line. Let's go to the phone line now. Mike Pegram of Peaks.com is with us. We're going to talk about the game and the conference uh, as we head into the back half of uh, February but Mike uh, obviously it goes without saying a big one tonight for the Hoosiers uh, you've got a great preview for subscribers of the com website but this Wisconsin team Mike it's it's not just Johnny Davis we talked a lot about him and the great Big Ten season the that he has had so far in our last segment but there are a number of other players that are weapons and threats for this Wisconsin club
4: yeah a lot of guys that have been developed just like we've seen throughout the last 20 years or so of Wisconsin, guys that are, have been in three or four years in the program and now have kind of um, found their role. Um, you know, I think uh, Wall, Wall, the big 6'9", um, Ford is a good example of that. Uh, it's just, a, you know, it's a, you really appreciate that program for what the players look like versus a, a freshman versus what they look like when they're a junior or a senior. It's just terrific how they, how they get guys to improve. And that, and then Johnny Davis is one of the biggest stories in, in college basketball. A lightly recruited player has now become, uh, you know, a possible Big Ten player of the year candidate.
2: Mike, we talk about how important this game is for IU, a home game and a three-game losing streak IU's trying to snap. But it's also a very important game in the Big Ten race for Wisconsin. If they can win this game, they stay just one loss behind uh, Illinois in the loss column, and I mean the West, Wisconsin's yeah. right there when it comes to the Big Ten race going into tonight's game.
4: Yeah, they had a slip up uh, on Saturday; otherwise, they'd be right at the top, you know, right there at the top. And they're only you know ten and four uh, is is in this kind of a Big Ten is is close enough to win the league still. Uh, and you have you have a go to guys, great, but like you said, they have a lot of Got it. Comp in some good, a really good freshman. Chucky Hepburn has been uh, better than expected. It's 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 just, and they have a system that works, and it's been proven over the years. So they recruit to it.
2: Talking with Mike Pegram of Peaks dot com about tonight's Wisconsin game. Mike, what is this? Is a, a a weekly question? I know, but what what is the path? to the NCAA Tournament for this Indiana team look like with what is left on the schedule at home and on the road for this IU team?
4: Win the home games and win it was at Minnesota is the is the most logical path, the most uh, reachable path. Uh, and this game is the toughest home game left for Indiana. So this is the, really the biggest game left on the schedule Um For Indiana, I mean, they really need this win because uh, it's a quad one win, and they only have a couple of those. And they won't, you know, the road games that are quad ones will be really difficult to get.
2: Talking to Mike Pegram, Peaks.com. Mike, uh, this game tonight, I I believe we have to assume that Trey Galloway, who was inserted into the starting lineup recently, I have to assume that we uh, see him start tonight and probably not only start but likely draw the defensive assignment against Johnny Davis of Wisconsin.
4: Yeah, Trey's actually a very good defender. He always has been going back to high school. And, uh, yeah, I think that he would draw that. And that's one reason that he sh- can be a good starter for Indiana, that Parker Stewart is not that great a defensive player. So and that's who he's replacing in the lineup. So there's a real good opportunity for um, Trey to make an immediate impact in those first few minutes and keep uh, Johnny Davis under wraps.
2: All right, Mike. uh, Obviously, all the focus is on the Wisconsin game tonight. I mentioned yesterday and today that the Ohio State game has been moved to Monday. Uh, That four-game stretch we talked about, Northwestern, Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Ohio State wraps up Monday now. A little bit from you maybe on why that game was moved by the conference. You don't really see all that, uh, something like that all too much, but I guess with COVID and the type of year or year or two it's been that uh, moving games sometimes is what has to happen.
4: Yeah, it was a weather-related, I believe, um, makeup. Uh, so, you know, that, that, that was a the way they could fit it in was to have Ohio State play Iowa on Saturday, I guess, and then uh, play Indiana a couple days later. So Ohio State won't be as fresh as maybe they might have been if they had kept to the original schedule. I mean, but you know, it's two days and, and nineteen, twenty-year-old body, so I don't know if that's big a deal. But it is unusual to have a game moved, that's for sure.
2: All right, Mike. Maybe uh, maybe my theory that I had uh, is has been proved incorrect. But I said, you know, what a what a tough four-game stretch this would be for Indiana, wrapping up with next Monday's road game at Ohio State, and then things get easier. Maryland at home at Minnesota. You mentioned that game earlier, as far as the pathway to the. NCAA tournament for this team Rutgers at home and then obviously a tough one at Purdue on the road but you know Maryland with a big win the other night and if you look across the conference there's some big surprise on a weekly basis if not a couple big surprises each week so I think my theory that hey IU fans get through these next four really tough games and then you've got some easier competition including a couple at home coming up may be a failed thought
4: yeah Rutgers is really dangerous uh, even Maryland showed that they're dangerous with how they nearly knocked off um, a good team this week past weekend. But, uh, uh, yeah, it was Purdue, I believe. And, and, yeah, you just can't count on anything. Uh, outside of maybe Nebraska, nobody's a really – you can't really write it down as a WNT you actually play the game.
2: Mike, Mike Pegram, Peaks.com with us. Uh, Mike, switching gear, gears here for a moment to recruiting um, in the middle of the season – for us, it's hard on this show to keep up with recruiting because we're trying to keep up with uh, all the games and all the live action. But any progress with anyone in 2023 that comes to mind or anyone planning to come to Bloomington for a visit here the rest of the way that you think IU's making some progress with?
4: Well, I would guess most of the drama is still with um, Myro Little, the Finnish point guard who would be a really tremendous addition for Indiana because he's got a borderline five-star level talent. Um, who's already visited and is kind of down to three schools, or, to, or definitely down to three schools. He's 2023 20, unless he decides to reclass, and he would be um, a real good complement to Chaffino or wh- whoever he plays with because he's so versatile. Indiana jumped on some couple of, of big guys, um, uh, you know, one from Canada or two from Canada, but uh, you know, they're just getting early stages of that, and, and I think that the drama will be mostly with um, the portal and maybe a a late big that they've jumped in on, but nothing's heated up
0: right now.
2: And I saw Ja'Kai Newton down in Georgia uh, as his season begins to come to a close soon. He's begun to get some postseason honors. He's had quite a year down there.
4: Yeah, both Ja'Kai Newton and Caleb Banks have had uh, really nice seasons down in Georgia, kind of reaffirming that the staff knew what they were doing. Uh, in, in going after those two.
2: All right, Mike Pegram, with us here on this Tuesday edition of the program. Mike, I think you're traveling. Are you headed to the ball game <laughs> yeah. tonight? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm.
4: A, I'm on the road right now. Just a little bit of a uh, bad timing on the call, but uh, I'm almost set up.
2: No problem. All right. Well, enjoy the the game and have a safe trip. We'll catch up with you again next Tuesday. All righty, take care. All right, Mike Pegram, Peaks.com. He's with us on Tuesdays talking IU in advance of this big game tonight. 8 o'clock is the pregame show. 9 o'clock is the tip-off. Don Fisher has the call on the Big X. and Just a busy, busy week for us here and uh, with basketball in general. Again, Wednesday night. We've got Jeffersonville at New Albany. Our pregame coverage begins at 7.15. Uh, the great Paul Love will join me on that broadcast Wednesday. Then on Friday, Bedford North Lawrence at New Albany. Uh, we'll have that contest for you on Friday night. Uh, a, a good Hoosier Hills Conference game Saturday afternoon. We'll be at Jeffersonville for the 3 uh, 8 semi-state Silver Creek trying to get back to the state championship game and maybe win another state championship. They will take on Bishop Chattard of Indianapolis, and we'll have that for you with 245 pregame coverage coming up on Saturday afternoon. Then on Sunday, it's not an off day, we've got the pairing show from 5 to 7 here on the Big X that originates from Indianapolis with Coach Bob Lovell, and that's obviously fun. You get to see the pairings. You know what's going on there from a statewide perspective. and then. At 7 o'clock, Chad Gilbert will be with me here in studio at the Big X, and we're going to interview a number of area coaches uh, for our hour-and-a-half special program where we talk about the tournament selections and Who's playing who, and just kind of a late season opportunity to catch up with coaches with their thoughts on the draw, but but many other things as well. It's always great to have our great local group of coaches on; just a great group of guys to work with. Always willing to come on the radio for interviews and uh, just uh, and promote their teams. So look forward to that on Sunday. It's kind of a tradition that we do each year here on the Big X. But that's going to wrap things up for this. Uh, Tuesday edition of the program, huge IU game tonight. We'll be back on Wednesday to recap all of it with Dustin Dopierak of the Bloomington Herald-Times. And then Andrew Grant and Jim Shannon, they're going to join us uh, Wednesday on the show as well. So you'll be able to kind of get a game day uh, preview of Jeff at New Albany with the coaches here in our program tomorrow as well. And a final note, don't forget to join us uh, live at 11 a.m. here on the Big X. And if you can't do that, you can always listen to us as a podcast. We're available just about anywhere that podcasts are available. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. You can listen uh, live. You can listen on demand uh, whenever you want, but we're glad to hear from you. And don't forget uh, to text us 502 414 1450. Uh, You can always send in your questions or comments for the next show that we do, and we'll uh, do our best to get them on the air. Thanks so much for being with us today. Have a great Tuesday. Enjoy the game tonight. Back with you at 11 a.m. tomorrow. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.